Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the all-in-one daily drink to promote better health and peak performance. We here at Swisper know that even with a balanced diet, it's difficult to cover all your nutritional bases. That's where Athletic Greens will help. With its complex blend of 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, it is no common drink, but straight up nutritional insurance for your body delivered right to your doorstep. And let's be honest, you can't really take off as an entrepreneur if you don't have the right fuel. I myself use Athletic Greens first thing in the morning. One simple scoop in a glass of water means my energy levels stay consistently high throughout my day. Athletic Greens tastes delicious, and it manages to do so while containing no more than one gram of sugar and being compatible with any diet you can imagine. Vegan, paleo, keto, you name it. So if you're ready to become the entrepreneur of your dreams, head on over to athleticgreens.com slash to claim our special offer today and receive a free D3K2 wellness bundle with your first purchase. That's up to a one year supply of vitamin D. Very important for the coming winter months. And you know what's also winter essential? Listening to Swisspreneur. Once again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Swisspreneur. And now on with the show. People just by joining Google in the early days sort of became really multimillionaires at the exit, which is super crazy if you think about it. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and hands-on learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Yoko, everyone, welcome back to the Swisspreneur Show. It's great to have you here for the second episode. Thanks for having me. Today, we're going to talk about how European startups or companies in general handle equity. And the first question is always about mistakes. So what mistakes do you see from startups in Switzerland, but also beyond how they handle the equity for the companies? Yes. So I think there are two main things. The first one is not taking the equity uh, or rather say the employee participation plans seriously as really part of the company culture. I think this is really important. And the second point is to the, the, the common mistake is also to not uh, be transparent and very structured about how you compensate employees with equity. So I would say these, these two main points. These are both heavily related to the culture of a company. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that it's just like, well, is there a specific reason why this is not a, a common practice that we really pay enough attention to the employee participation as European startups? Yes, I think at the end of the day, it has to do with the maturity of the ecosystem as a whole. So I think when, when employees start learning more about the topic and also realizing the value of the equity, then they will also tend to ask more about it, also be more knowledgeable about it, which in turn also sort of forces the founders to take this topic seriously. Um, but this also goes in the other, other direction. So as a founder, you, it's also, I think, your, your job to educate your employees about this topic. And this in turn will sort of create this virtual circle. Right. When we did the prep talk, you told me that the European tech workers, they own less than half of their companies compared to their US peers. 
I think that's quite a shocking uh, comparison. And, you know, maybe to take a step back, why is it actually important that employees own stocks or employee stock options of the companies that they work for? Why is that so significantly important? So I think the very first uh, obvious reason is that when you start a company, you simply cannot compete with high salaries of other well-established companies such as you know Google and so on. And back in the days, uh, for example, in Silicon Valley, that was really the, the currency that startups had was the equity. And they relied on the fact that talented people were willing to uh, work for them, for these startups, in exchange of equity, which is not necessarily obvious. And this is why it's it's so important that this, this culture around equity is, is much more common so that this can also be used as a, as a currency to attract talent to your startup. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's also important, I guess, to also give them a perspective. If they do good work, you can then also participate in, in the good results of the company, right? Exactly. So that was the, the, the reason I just said was really the, the first obvious reason. And the second reason is, I think, uh, even, even deeper. So, if as an employee, you own the equity, part of the equity of the company, mm-hmm. um, it's really just a whole, uh, a whole different mindset of how you get interested in the company's journey. So if you own stock of a company, you want to know, okay, what's the value of it? Like, why is, it, why is the value the, this one and how can it grow? And so you just become much more interested in the, in the company and I think you become a, a, an owner yourself of the company. And I, I think that's a, a very good uh, point that you mentioned there. This is sort of the, the principal agent problem at heart. So principal being the owner of the company, but then the agent, for example, the CEO or just uh, somebody working for the company that is trying to do everything to actually uh, you know, please the owner, please the principal, but doesn't necessarily have the, the same incentives as the owner. And by giving stock options or stocks in general to employees, you can align them much better to think like an owner. And I think that's a very crucial part for a success of any company. Absolutely. Yes, I think it's, um, um, if you want to have as one of your company values um, and as part of the culture that people think like owners in everything they do, I think giving equity to everyone is a crucial part of it. So let's talk about the best practices, how you actually do that. Um, so what's from your perspective, you know, what's important when giving equity to employees? What do you need to consider? What do you need to think about? And how do you then actually also successfully execute that? So maybe first, let's talk about the mechanics. How much should you give to employees? Is there any, you know, good number that you can share there? Yes. So first of all, I think, um, as a, as a, as a whole, so, how much should you as a company reserve of your total equity to give to employees? There, um, usually it's around in the, in the early stage, so at seed stage, you should reserve between five and 10% of the company for employees. That mm-hmm. usually allows you to then give enough to your early employees until the next series. And then it can really evolve, uh, in the US is, is higher as in Europe currently. But it can really evolve over the over the rounds up until between twenty or even thirty percent for wow. the highest parts. Yeah. So is that that? I guess that's the U.S. number more or less. Then the higher. Yes. 
right? Yeah. yeah. Is right that now, something you also recommend for European startups to adopt? Yes. So I think um, definitely. I think we will like like any change. We won't be there tomorrow. That this is extremely common uh, in a, in a very fast way. But I think we re- should really follow this trend of giving reserving more stock for employees. And you mentioned you know the early stage, so it's already possible to assign stocks or stock options to employees right then. But is there like any good timing how and when you should actually assign it to them? Yes. Yeah, so actually you should start doing this from the very beginning. So actually it's crucial that with your first employees, um, you, you do this in a, in a very um, sort of standard way. And usually you can, you know, give up to 1% for the first employees um, per, per employee. And, um, and so regarding timing, it's, it's really, um, I think you should do that from the very beginning and also include everyone in the company in the, in the stock option plan. Are there then differences? Because if you include everyone, you, they, you know, they might not work the same, um, workload. They have, might have different roles. Some might have like a, a very senior role. Others are probably more like uh, entry levels. Do you then also differentiate in terms of, how much shares uh, you actually assign to them depending on that level? Yes, so I think there are three useful dimensions to think about when you plan your, your stock option plan. So uh, the first one is seniority. So consider, you know, just the experience of the, of the employee. Um, the second one is employee number. So the, the first uh, employees joining your company take also a higher risk of joining you. So they should be they should get more equity than later employees. Um, and the third one is indeed tech or non-tech. That's also a differentiation. Um, it shouldn't be, in my opinion, huge, but it's still, it's like also in the in the salary that it's simply a, a market reason that their um, t- tech talent is more in demand. So their, um, the, the, the usual practice of the market is to also compensate them more. So these three dimensions are standard. I think one one useful resource also for listeners here is there is an online tool called Option Plan. It was created by a large VC called Index Ventures. And that's really super useful simply for you to have one resource to have some some benchmarks. Um, Also, I encourage you strongly to speak to peers, so other other founders and investors um, to make yourself uh, an idea there. And last but not least, I think once you have informed yourself, once you've considered this dimension, it's super important to then create just a, a grid, just a table um, where you really decide, okay, for this reason, we want to have this standard grid and communicate that to employees so everyone can see, okay, it's not on, on, a, on a, you know, um, subjective basis, but it's right. just the system and, and the formula. Again, the transparency here that is super important is also part of the culture, I guess. Yeah. Is there also a certain moment when you say you should stop giving out uh, employee stocks or stock options? No, actually, um, absolutely not. So the practice is rather the opposite that you, if an employee stays longer, mm-hmm. uh, you actually do so-called refresher grants. So um, you actually give, give more equity along the journey. And also for new entries, you just continue to give... Um, no stock stocks up op, stock options um even if they join like five or ten years after the company was founded absolutely so 
even today, um, Google, who is a, a public company, even today, if you join Google, you still get uh, stock options from, from them. So I think, yeah, that's a very clear message there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, you might also ask yourself, should I offer real stocks that, you know, people really have the, the stocks in their books, so to say, or should I offer phantom stocks? What is your take on that? Yes. Yeah, so in, in Switzerland, especially, there is uh, the practice of either giving virtual stock, so phantom stock or stock options, which then converts to real stock at some point. And I think it's, at the end of the day, it's a trade-off. Um, everyone has their own opinions there. Also, when you talk to lawyers, it's very mixed. Mm -hmm. um, I think first about virtual stock, the, the advantage of virtual stock would be that it's less of an admin effort because at the end of the day, it's simply a, a contract. You simply um, sort of promise to the employee a certain amount of cash corresponding to the underlying stock of the company at, for example, an exit. Yeah. Um, so you don't have to go to the notary and so on. Uh, on the other hand, uh, the stock options, the advantage there is, first of all, in, in Switzerland, there is um, uh, the tax-free capital gain. So it is uh, a tax optimization on the one hand. Mm -hmm. um, and also the big advantage, I think the, 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 the best advantage there is really that the employees at such at some at a certain point in the future, really own the stock. So for example, if you have an IPO with the company, the employees really can have the stock and have the choice of either keeping the stock even after the IPO mm -hmm. or selling it. But they really have a different relationship to the company. So personally, I would strongly encourage to go rather for the stock option plan. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a trade-off. What leads you to that conclusion? Um that you would suggest the stock option plan? I think it's really the, the latest reason I just mentioned is really the fact that it's a, it's a different, um, it's a different mindset and it's a different, uh, place to be if you are a real owner of the company stock or if you simply own, you know, a, a promise of, of having some liquidity or cash in the future. Sure. It's a different yeah. mindset. Plus the tax advantage. Exactly. <laughs> I would say in Switzerland, that's also a, a <laughs> yes. very important point that you should not forget about. Yeah. Totally. So what you also have in, in both options is a vesting clause usually. Um, can you quickly explain what vesting means and also what the best practices are there? So I think for, for vesting, um, the best way to explain it is by an example. So let's say you as an employee, you receive thousand options and they are vested over four years. And that means you actually don't receive thousand options today, but you receive them gradually over four years. So that's what vesting means. And, um, and yeah, they're the, the most common practices are actually a linear vesting on a monthly basis. So, um, you just receive, um, over four years in four parts, your, your total options. Um, and yes, that's, that's really the, I would say the common practice. Um, yeah, we, we, we did a big mistake there in our startup. We had an annual vesting and then, uh, the, the co-founder, he had to leave the company and because of the annual vesting and he left in January, he just made the cliff for one more year. 
Okay. And, uh, they're looking back. It would have been way smarter to have the monthly vesting. So I can really just uh, re-emphasize the importance of following your suggestion of a monthly vesting. I think that's crucial. Yes, definitely. So now we talk more about the mechanics, the technicalities of how to set that up. It's also a lot about communication, about employee education, because, you know, all these stock options, investing, it can all sound pretty complicated if you are not familiar with the startup world. So how should founders go and inform and talk to their employees, to their team about the, the options that they just, uh, you know, gave out basically? So I think there are two important points here. And the first one is really take the time or simply have a slide deck uh, explaining the mechanics of stock options. What is that? What is vesting? All these terms. Um, it can be pretty simple. And we actually also have on Ledgy resources for that. So you can simply download a, a standard guide for employees on the, on the website. Nice. Um, and the second thing is really, and this is also something I heard a lot about from also CEOs of larger startups and uh, also from their experience during all these years. So um, I would say in one in, in a couple of words, it's simply making people excited about the journey. So meaning you have to provide context and being very transparent about okay. Um, what what are we aiming for at the next series? What is the valuation? So um, what I touched upon a little bit earlier, um, really sharing more about um, the, the the value of these stocks and the mechanics behind what is what is venture capital, how is it going to develop, and uh, yeah, so these two points I would say mechanics and and context of the company. Yeah, and there I really also now understand, you know, why a tool like Lechi is incredibly important because if you want to send that in an Excel sheet. People either not understand it or just don't even look at it because it looks so complex and complicated. And if you have a simple dashboard when you can then also simulate, that actually makes a lot of sense to give them a good feeling. Okay, if we hit this number and get that valuation, that's what that means for your uh, options that you have uh, access to. Exactly. And really, it's about um, making everyone uh, almost like an entrepreneur in that mm -hmm. sense, because if anyone, everyone understands, okay, what is a stock option? They then really think differently, I think, about where the company is going. And that's ultimately also the, the aim of yeah. that. Are there also any, um, you know, downsides or wrong alignments that you've seen by giving out employee options? Uh, because, you know, you could then think they just optimize for the value of their stocks, but not necessarily what is best for the company. Have you thought about any of the downsides there or even seen them in, in, in practice? I think the, the first thing that came to mind here is um, sometimes I think uh, you, could, you could fall into the trap of saying, okay, equity is super valuable, so I'm not going to pay the employees a lot in, in cash. So mm -hmm. there I think it's simply important to have a good balance. So really um, have good salaries with, with which people can live and not taking the equity as sort of an excuse for not paying well. I think that's important. Um, so that could be one, one pitfall in my eyes. And I think also something that you touched on earlier is that it's a bit related to that one, but then, you know, startups overselling themselves. And 
sort of shaping unrealistic scenarios that will most likely not happen, that can also be very harmful to employees, right? That they have a completely wrong picture of the reality. Exactly. So I think there again, it's about explaining what is a realistic scenario, but also telling about the risks. So of course, if you're in a startup, it can, it can fail. So also telling about that side of things is important. And also, I think from an employee perspective, then they should focus on the net present value calculation to really understand what are my shares worth today uh, with the current valuation and not what the founders are actually promising me with a unicorn valuation in 10 years, who knows, um, that you really have this realistic uh, double check, basically, also from an employee perspective. Yeah, definitely. I think I think it's important to realize the value today, but I think actually what people still tend to realize less is actually the value in the future because it's very counterintuitive actually you you sometimes really don't realize um what it means that you know it's it's kind of crazy if you think about it with an extreme example now with with google for example that really people just by joining google in the early days sort of became really multi-millionaires at the exit which is super crazy if you think about it of course, it's not uh, it's not the case of of everyone, but still, um, I think it's it's counterintuitive to realize the the um, increase in value of a of a stock. Yeah, if there's massive wealth creation there, if you only have a tiny bit, that's what our investors always said. You know, even if you have a tiny bit of a big chunk, it's still better than have a big chunk of uh, a thing that is like worth nothing. Yes, I mean that's that's really what um, you know. A lot of investors say, like you know, if you you have to be diluted more because at the end of the day, uh, or not, you have to be diluted more. But uh, at the end of the day, dilution is not something bad per se, uh, since the the total value increases. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I think actually, especially along the journey and along the development, it's important for employees to realize also in, in, in terms of money. So in, in, in a later time point, you might receive, I don't know, 0.001% of the company, which seems like nothing. But there, I think it's, I think along the journey it becomes even more important to translate the percentage in real um, money value, because that makes then more sense to Absolutely. the employees. So now we talked about mechanics, we talked about the employee, you know, communication and education also. Is there anything that you would like to add on these two topics that we haven't covered yet? No, really not. I think it's it's really, um, as I said before, the, the, the two most important things are simply, um, as I said before, the, the education, the basics, and second, really explaining what we are in with this startup journey. So the context... I mean, something that you need to do as founder anyway to, you know, explain where the journey is heading to, right? But then also really, you are familiar with these terms, dear startup founders, make sure that you explain them to your employees because they might not be. And that's a a really good takeaway here. Mm -hmm. Let's also look at the, you know, policy or politics uh, in in terms of uh, uh, employee stock options. So... In some countries in Europe, um, the you know the policies, especially the tax rules, for example, are very unfriendly and unattractive for startups. So, what do you see here? What should change from your perspective in in that regard? Yes. So, um, as you mentioned, there is 
um, difficulties if you're a European startup, first of all, for, for taxis in certain countries. And second, also when you start going international. So let's say you have a headquarter in, in Switzerland or Germany, and then you want to open another headquarter in France, for instance. And the problem there that, for example, US companies don't have is that in Europe, every country has their own regulation, their own ways of uh, giving equity to employees. So this is a, this is a barrier. And there are a lot of initiatives currently in, in Europe from, among others, index, index ventures are also more recently from the German Startup Association who are really working more on the policy level to make, first of all, in each country, the, the taxes more favorable to employee participation. Mm-hmm. And second, also work on, on having more, a more smooth uh, transition if a company goes international in Europe. Yeah, the big problem there is that I think there was also about two years ago or something, there was a big, you know, uh, media coverage about uh, the, the startup uh, world, basically in Switzerland, where startup employees, also founders in particular, they were basically taxed on the latest valuation that you normally you aim for a high valuation, obviously, if you raise funds, but you don't have any liquidity, then pay the taxes on that. And that can really lead into dangerous and stupid situations for the founders. So, uh, yeah, I really wish that there would be more change. I think the Canton of Zurich adapted that to a certain degree and is more friendly now, uh, but still it depends on the Canton where you are actually living in Switzerland, if that's, uh, yeah, treating you good or badly. Exactly. And I think really as, uh, as founders, um, even if, you know, the, the, the policies will change maybe a little bit more slowly, I think still this is not a reason to not tackle this topic already now um, because at the end of the day the more people care about this topic the faster this is going to change uh, the faster the entire ecosystem is going to change and then everyone wins at the end of the day absolutely yeah, and the ecosystem that's actually a very important point you know we, we talked about the importance why you should actually give equity to your employees and if you actually do that and you have a successful exit or IPO which is per se also an exit um, then you actually have more people that get wealthy, that have money available to then reinvest into the startup ecosystem. And I think that's also incredibly important. If you see, you know, the U.S. employees, they own double uh, the, the stock options compared to their European peers. If there's a successful exit, they have much more money available that they can then reinvest or start new companies. So that's probably also one of the reasons why the U.S. ecosystem is so strong uh, from a startup perspective. So I wish that this is also changing here. Exactly, definitely. And one, one interesting data point on that actually is, um, so as I said before, recently there was a, a large study published by the German Startup Association. And there, um, because this, this mechanics that you just described is, is well known. Um, and in this study, they actually even published data on that. And actually 38% of people they, they interviewed uh, who worked for startups reinvested either by founding themselves or by investing in other startups um, afterwards. So it's kind of proven also by by numbers and data that this happens. And yeah, this is just giving the whole equity participation a whole nother importance. Why you should increase the level there and really make it happen? Because in the end, you will do good for the whole ecosystem. Exactly. That's a wonderful way to to sort of end that topic. I think. 
we also have some rapid fire questions for you. Um, you know, we just give you a small selection or a short topic uh, that you can then answer in one or two sentences. Are you ready? Sure. So the first one, Europe or United States? I would say Europe simply because that's, um, I think for, for us, Legi, where, where we started, where our heart is right now. Um, so yeah, that's my short answer to that question. Makes sense. Wealth or happiness? Definitely happiness. Um, for, you know, obvious reason, I think money is ultimately not what, what makes you happy. And so just happiness. Got it. What makes you smile? Well, the, the first thing that came to mind um, for me right now is um, with the start of Corona, we in our team, we actually introduced um, the fact that in the morning at 9 a.m. we have a team check-in. Mm -hmm. And uh, what, what we, um, what we, the great thing there was actually that it allowed us to simply connect the whole team. And we introduced um, what we call color rounds. So everyone in the team can simply say, um, how they're doing today, just a, a personal update. And this was, uh, this is something that in, especially in these pandemic times made me smile on a regular basis, just to have a, a, a team feeling, uh, every day. What colors were selected there? <laughs> I think it was just, uh, you know, um, street light colors. So just, uh, the, the green, red, uh, these kind of, of okay. standard colors. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. The next one, Apple or Google? I would say, um, well, I would just say, can I answer both or is that not allowed? It's okay, but <laughs> so you that, have to find a good me, reason. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, uh, in front of me, I have a, an Apple computer and a Google Doc displayed on it. Okay. <laughs> so no, I, I would just say um, um, at the end of the day, I, I really admire both companies. Um, the first thing that came to mind from, from Apple's side is really sort of their, their, I think for me, they really introduced beauty and design in tech, which I think is, I really appreciate personally. And Google, they just managed to, to, um, to do these incredible services. I'm a, just a huge fan of Google Docs and just the rapidity and the, the, the functionality of it, the sheer functionality. So yeah, that's, I think the first thing that came to mind here. Google apps on a Mac computer. I think that's the perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you go to think? First thing here that came to mind would be running. So I really, I, I'm, I'm a runner. I go regularly just uh, into nature to, to, for long runs. Mm -hmm. And that's really what allows me to, to get, get on, have different thoughts than, than in the office. And yeah, what right. I would recommend. And the last one for you, uh, a special challenge. Switzerland or Japan? <laughs> uh, very, very good question. Um, I would still say Switzerland because that's really where I, I was born, where I grew up. So, um, though I, I really feel strong cultural ties to Japan and, uh, and also a personal strong tie there, I, I would still say Switzerland just because that's where I feel more home. Makes sense. <laughs> Yoko, thank you so much for taking the time. It was a real pleasure talking to you. And I hope that more startups follow the messages that you shared here and really take the employee stock options uh, seriously and make them happen also for the ecosystem. Thank you very much. It was a great conversation. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, 
you can support us by rating our show on Apple Podcasts. This way, we can reach an ever-growing number of aspiring entrepreneurs.